going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the Wyndham Championship. Hambo is on vacation, so we have our resident villain, Ryan Baroff, with us this week. Ryan, what is up, my friend? Happy to be back, Kenny. Been a while since we chatted, and uh, happy to be here filling in for Tampa. There you go. As you know, our podcast and our YouTube show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, use promo code MMN. And you can get a deposit match of up to $100. If you haven't played prize picks, go check it out. If you like parlays, that's the way to go. Everything's more or less, over or under, more or less. And you do you make your little two, three, four, five person parlays. It's fun. It's an easy, it's not, I wouldn't say it's an easy way to win money, but you can win a good amount uh, with these parlays. So go check it out. Go check out prize picks. Uh, get on that and use that MMN uh, promo code. All right, so let's talk a little bit about last week's tournament. I did not watch. I will let you know. Uh, I watched a little bit in the first couple of days, and then Lee Hodges did this thing. I was going to watch all day Sunday. Uh, so I went to play golf in the morning. First off, you know, usually I take like a like a, like a a 50 milligram edible before I go play mm-hmm. golf just to, you know, loosen my fat ass up because I'm fat. Uh, and I need to like, you know, get loose. Like the fat cells got to get loose and so they can you know charge uh for the swing. Uh and so like this week I was like I only had 100 milligrams left and I didn't feel like cutting a hard candy in half. So I just went up and just popped 100 milligrams. That was probably a mistake. I uh, went out, played golf, and I was paired with these two guys. And you ever get paired with a guy who is just too happy to be out there like golf like, it should be like a frustrating, angry type game. At least oh, yeah. that's the way I play it. You know what I'm saying? When a guy out there is just so fucking cheerful, I wanted to slap the fucking shit out of him every time. I was playing so horribly. I, I He got in my head. You know? and, and so, like, I ended up just getting hammered. I took, like, 12 shots in the course. I was like, fuck this. I can't deal with this. Yeah. I got to be. And by the time I was drunk, it was fun. I was like, yeah. I was being all, you know, happy with him, you know? Uh, but when you're like focused on your game uh, and you know, golf is a struggle. Uh, it's sort of annoying having that guy who's just always happy. Uh, so, so that's what happened to me. So I came home and I was planning on watching uh, the, the rest of the tournament. Uh, but instead, you know, I had 12 shots of liquor and I ate hundred milligrams of fucking THC. So my ass cooked the steak and went straight to bed. I went to bed and like slept around two o'clock, woke up at like six 30. Uh, and so the, the event was over. Lee Hodges won. Good for him. The fucked up thing about that is uh, if you check my Twitter feed uh, uh, this past, I think, Thursday morning um, or Wednesday night, you know, I'm going to start doing this every week because it's been happening so often. Uh, Lee Hodges uh, was one of my last two players out of my player pool. I posted it on Twitter. I told Twitter, do what you must. I'm sure people played him and bet him based yeah. on that. That's probably the third time this has happened this season where one of my final two out has won the event. It's probably been about a dozen times where one of those guys has finished in the top 10. So yeah. I'll be posting that on Twitter for you guys every Wednesday night. The guys I leave out, go ahead and bet those guys. You're probably going to win something. Uh, Ryan, did you watch the event at all? What'd you think? No, but had a very similar experience. I think I watched the last four holes. Um, I just wanted to see kind of how the course was playing at that point. You know, it was pretty much over. I guess uh, I think Poston got within three, you know, coming down the stretch. But 
Uh, no, pretty similar. You know, I had put together this 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 off the tee model early in the week, um, and I bet number one in that model, number three, and number four, uh, who were Rye, Gim, and Glover. Number two was Lee Hodges. So very very similar. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I've been on quite a bit this year. Um, seems to have have elevated his game a little bit, and uh, he's extremely well rounded. Right, he drives the ball well, hits a ton of fairways, pretty good with the irons, pretty good short game, and um just kind of saw this one coming so props to him that was a huge win to win by a touchdown yeah I sort of like that course like low-key I like it I know a lot of people don't like it but I'm a fan of like there are a lot of triples <laughs> there are a lot of doubles mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know you can see a lot of blow-up balls there I know people aren't like the biggest fans of it and the scoring was a lot higher this year the wind didn't pick up quite as as much as it had the last two years any type of wind on that hole on that course mm-hmm. though it becomes a challenge. Uh, you know, this year we didn't see it too much. But, like, I think the first day, maybe, like, that afternoon wave on mm-hmm. Thursday, you really saw guys really struggling in that win. Uh, I think, you know, if they get a little bit of breeze out there, uh, I think they might have one more year left on their contract for that course. I'm not sure. Um but, you know, it could be a fun course, and it could be tough. I I, I wish I saw more of it uh, because I do enjoy it. I did catch a little bit on Thursday and Friday, but didn't catch too much on the weekend. Uh, anybody else really impress you? I know JT Poston, uh, he's been playing excellent golf uh, here recently. Yeah. What do you think about him going for that uh, on 18 uh, in two? You know, I mean, he, you know, all he needed was a double bogey uh, to get solo second uh, and win, you know, and he lost $290,000. But I think the biggest thing was, I think he went from like, if he if he stayed solo second, he would have been 38th mm-hmm. on the FedEx Cup standings. Instead, tying, he's 49th, which is on the bubble for the second round, uh, the, for the second um, event, the BMW Championship of the playoffs. Uh, top 50 get in. Uh, now, instead of being 38th, comfortably inside that top 50, he's going to have to grind uh, a little bit the next couple of weeks. Uh, what did you think about that? Player, I don't know. He's going for the win. I can't really hate. I don't think so. I don't think it it mattered that much. You know, if he wasn't going to win, fine. But he had shots to play with. He he just had to make a seven. Even yeah, even if you rinse one, he just has to go wedge, wedge, putt, putt, and he couldn't even do that. Right? He chunked the second wedge, and then he three putted from the fringe. Like that was the problem. It wasn't laying up versus not because whether you lose the event by four or five or six or seven doesn't really make a difference at that point. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. I agree. And I think, I think that's exactly what he was thinking in his head. He was like, okay, well, I have a 1% chance of winning if I go for it in two and I have still probably a 50% chance or more or greater of finishing solo second. Even probably, if I probably ninety, water. yeah, probably ninety five percent. You know, yeah, you yeah. just had to make a seven. Like, yeah, not, yeah, that was yeah. that was pretty bad to watch. Um, no, I mean, I think uh, I think for the most part, a lot of the guys who we expected to play well played well. You know, Finau, even though his finishers haven't been that good, like he loves that course and the ball striking's still been good. Grio continues to play really well. Um, I think a couple of guys that, that I was really impressed with. So um, I think I was looking through this. There were only two guys who gained uh, off the tee and approach all four rounds. One of them was Kevin Streelman, who I'm sure we'll talk about this week as well. The other one was Vincent Norman, who just seems to be just striking the piss out of the ball every week. You know, he really didn't have any 
lull after the win. Uh, he played okay at the Barracuda, and obviously played well last week. So um, he seems to be very good for what that's worth. Yeah, you saw some signs of life from some old heads, like Billy Horsu has been struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in there, played pretty well. Brant Stenecker, really solid first couple of days. You know, you, you know, he's coming back from sternum rehabilitation surgery, which I have sounds no fucked, idea. man. I, I, don't, I have no idea what that is. It sounds horrible, is what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, him coming back, I mean, Zach Blair, you know, another mm-hmm. top 15, uh, his second one in the, in the last month. Uh, Dylan Wu, who, uh, you know, I'm always a big fan of becoming sort of a stat darling uh, in all the models. Uh, he had a nice little, um, nice little uh, tournament himself. So, you know, uh, guys made some moves to trying to get their, um, trying to get their way into uh, the playoffs, which start next week. And of course, that's going to be a big sort of narrative when we talk about this week's Wyndham Championship. But before we get on, anything else about the, anything else about the uh, 3M before we move on? No, let's do it. All right, so let's go. Let's go with the listener league winner uh, from last week. He is Gizmo the Legend with the Jack Nicholas Yes uh, meme as his uh, as his avatar. Uh, he had Mister Tony Finau, of course, who finished seventh. Um, he was fourteen percent owned. JJ Spawn six percent owned. He finished in thirty seventh. Big Ball Hostler with eight straight birdies to end this day uh, last week. That probably really moved uh, Gizmo the Legend up the leaderboard uh, on the final day, finished in 13th place, 6% owned. Seaweed Doug Gim, who I really liked and I thought had a chance uh, for some placement points, didn't really pan out on Sunday. He was 19% owned. He finished in 27th. Aaron Rye, who had another decent showing out there, he finished in 20th. He was 12% owned. And, of course, he had the winner. Lee Hodges, five uh, percent owned in the Listener League. Of course, he won the event. What'd you think of the lineup? Solid. I mean, I think I think fewer people landed on Lee Hodges than I thought they would. Um, he's been a pretty popular player this week, so that was great. I was all in. Doug Kim was probably. I think I locked him. I only made ten teams last week, but I think I played one hundred percent Kim. So that first round was was pretty crusty. Uh, but then just played great after that. Um, He's been a print fest in the top 30, top 40 markets recently. So, um, yeah, no, great team. I, I think Fina was very under owned too. A lot of people went to Sanjay, um, maybe rightfully so, but uh, class played out there with Fina with the course history. So, solid team. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, so I switched all my leads. So, I had 20% Lee Hodges and 20% Doug Gim. Mm. And I was like, you know what? 20% of Gim is not going to be enough. Let me go ahead and shift all these Lee Hodges uh, to Gim, and that was a mistake. That Incorrect, was a mistake. yeah. That that was a mistake. So good for Gizmo the Legend. He will be in our four-man this week with Tambo, me, and Mr. Bearoff. Uh, so he'll, I'll send the invite to you here uh, later this evening. So let's get to the course. <clears throat> all right, so the final event of the PGA regular season is upon us as golfers head to North Carolina for the Wyndham Championship. The event is the last chance for some to get into the top 70 and secure their card for the FedEx playoff run. And again, remember, top 50, everyone who makes it to the BMW Championship is eligible for the designated events in 2024. So these playoffs, real big deal. 
Getting that top 50, huge deal. Top 70, secure your car. Um, so that's what's going to be. So if you look at the people outside the top 70 right now, and this is all, you know, this is going to be a big topic of discussion throughout the entire week. You got Ben Taylor, Higo, KH Lee, Lingmurth, David Tonkin, Shane Lowry, you know, Woodland, um, uh, Justin Saw, SH Kim, Justin Thomas, you know, all Adam Scott, all these guys are in the event this week. They're trying to get into that top 70 and they're trying to make the playoffs. Now, uh, you know, the main trend you see here on this course year in and year out is the course history factor. Uh, course history correlation, very high for at Sedgefield Country Club. You often see the same golfers at or near the top of the leaderboard year after year. Um, elite iron play from 150 to 175 maybe a little bit of wedge play as well. Also going to be needed. Accuracy off the tee. Really, really, and, you know, putting your ass off on these Bermuda greens. That's what you're going to have to look for uh, in golfers this week. Now, to the meat of the course, Sedgefield Country Club, 7,150-yard uh, par 70 course designed by Donald Ross. Uh, the course has four par threes, two par fives. Both the par fives are reachable by most and are the two easiest holes on the course. Eight of the 12 par fours, are in the 400 to 450 yard range. Uh, this course is not very lengthy, but there are a couple of long par threes, uh, and there are two par fours that play over 500 yards, with 18 being the most difficult hole on the course at 507 yard par four. Uh, this course is routinely, you know, on the e- one of the easier courses on tour with an average winning score of around minus 17. Uh, off the tee, golfers are going to see average sized tree line fairways with light rough and just a few fairway bunkers. Uh, over 70% of all drives land on the fairway, which is well above tour average. Uh, this is most likely due to the fact that a lot of golfers take less to driver here off the tee. You don't have to be a bomber. This course definitely brings everybody into play. Uh, now, uh, you know, having the correct angle to attack the pin is of great importance at Sedgefield Country Club, especially because of the undulated and sloped greens. Uh, placement, accuracy, off the tee seems to be more important than length, and wayward drives could cause problems for golfers. Um, even though the rough isn't too, isn't crazy long, um, you know, it is it is Bermuda rough, so it's going to be the, sort of that snatchy type of flyer lie type rough that you normally see, and distance control is always a problem um, from trying to hit uh, approaches from the Bermuda rough. Um, now, here's a telling stat, just important how it how important hitting fairways here is. Uh, the green and regulation percentage from the fairway is over 80%. The green and regulation percentage from the rough is right around 50%. Okay? So as far as some of these guys hit the ball off the tee nowadays, even without a driver in hand, it should be much easier for them to hit the greens with a wedge than these stats indicate, especially if conditions are soft. Now, of course, people are going to be aggressive. They're going to do their thing. But honestly, off the tee, you know, Driving accuracy is probably something you're going to be focusing on uh, this week a lot more than length. Now, on approach shots, golfers are going to see small to average size greens that slope from back to front quite heavily. Uh, Hitting it below the flag is going to be super important. Some of the greens are multi-tiered, which makes the aiming point a lot smaller on approaches. Uh, The edges of the greens are crowned with large collection areas waiting for golfers who miss. Uh, Bunkers surround some of these greens but most are shallow and fairly easy to get out from. And there is water on in play 
on a few holes, nothing like last week. Uh, the greens themselves are Bermuda grass, stint meter rating around 12. Uh, these greens, of course, seem to be the major defense of the course, as there are a ton of three putts here. Uh, the Wyndham Championship has played since played on this course since 2008, uh, but the greens were switched from bent to Bermuda in 2012. So, you know, that's when you want to start looking uh, at course history. And like I said, course history, very prevalent uh, at this event. Ryan, what's, what are you looking for in golfers this week? What kind of games? Guys who can hit irons. <laughs> what's up? Uh, guys who can hit irons. Yeah. There you go. Um, no, I think you nailed it. You know, it's definitely uh, call it a plotter's course, whatever you want, but make comp courses. Uh, of course, you know, RBC Heritage, CPC Sawgrass, those sorts of layouts. You mentioned uh, that this track has very sticky course history, right? I think you obviously tend to see the same guys playing well here. And just the same guys who have played here a lot. Um, and I think that's one thing that I look at. Um, it's not just who plays well here, but like how often do they come back to this course, right? Like I've seen guys who haven't played here in four or five, six years. And maybe it's because they'd already qualified for the playoffs and wanted a week off. Sure. But if there's a course that you really like, you're going to go there and play every year, right? So um, I'm definitely looking at that. We'll obviously talk about Siwoo Kim, but uh, I think you see a lot of course history like that here. All right, well, let's get to these tiers. All right, so the first question I got, you got uh, Sam Burns all the way to Sungjae. Mm-hmm. Can you fade this entire range? You can. Um, I mean, is, is it is it something that you can see as a strategy to go this week? Because there's a lot of question marks uh, from these 10K guys. So I'll say this. Um, I would fade Sungjae this week um, only because – I think he's still going to get a lot of ownership, right? He's uh, the highest price, has really good course history. Uh, he was obviously popular last week, and people are going to be okay going back there. But I have I have Russell Henley as as the best player in this field right now. So the fact that you can get him, you know, for the third highest price salary, uh, obviously has elite course history, which I really didn't even factor in too much. Uh, I'm going to have a hard time staying away from Russell Henley this week. Um, and he's not overly expensive. Like you can still easily get in another nine K even upper nine K guy with Russell Henley. Um, so if I was going to play one, it would be Henley. Uh, if I had to play two, it would be Henley and Masuyama. So Henley's my favorite play, uh, in this range as well. We are, we are thinking alike, uh, here. I'm a big fan, of course, the iron game, the course history, you went through it. He is my favorite play. Um, I, I could, I don't hate fading this range i mean i like some of these 9k golfers mm-hmm. um i'm not i mean my highest price golfer in cash is 9200 dollars uh this week so i mean i i could see people using that strategy and i wouldn't go against it because i mean there's question marks with song jay the game just isn't there uh hideki he's so hit or miss i mean i he, he looked really good the first couple of rounds last week or the first round, really, he was near the top of the leaderboard, and then was like two under for the rest of the three days. I don't know what he was doing. Um, Burns is interesting. Uh, you know, Burns is interesting. I really am curious what his ownership is is going to be. Um, if it's low, he's going to be someone I use just because mm-hmm. of his putting prowess, uh, especially on Bermuda greens. Uh, it's his best uh, best surface to putt on. He's an excellent putter. You can make this sort of a putting contest 
Uh, and this is that's something that he can win. Uh, so I do like Sam Burns, but my favorite play is Russell Henley. That's the guy I'm going to be playing the most. Me yeah. and Baroff, we're on the same page. Now, when we get to this 9K range, I'll go ahead and start. Two of my calfskin cornerstones <coughs> are going to be here. First one's going to be JT Poston. Uh, the guy's just playing, you know, three top 10s in his last four events. Um, or something like that. The guy's playing really exceptional golf. He's had solid finishes uh, at this event in the past. He's had a couple of miscuts too, so that's a little bit worrisome. But the way his game is going, um, I really do like Poston uh, this week. Uh, you know, really good on par fours. Uh, and, and again, the form is there. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for for Mr. Poston. You know, again, again, he almost won also Bermuda one of his better putting surfaces. Uh, I did actually get to meet JT Poston once. Uh, it was at a uh, scramble where you got to hit uh, a, a, a par three tee shot uh, mm-hmm. with him. And if you beat him, you got some type of prize. And, you know, I hit mine, you know, 25 feet. He hit, he, he hit his three feet. It was about 145 yard uh, par three. Uh, so, and there's a couple of those here. So he's probably good at those. Uh, I'm a fan of JT Poston. He's going to be my first cash game cornerstone. My second cash game cornerstone is going to be Sung. I'm sorry, Siwoo at 9,000. The guy has four top fives in his last five appearances here. Um, his two missed cuts recently have both come on link style courses. I'm not even going to look into that. Uh, I got no problem. Prior to that, his form was fine. Um, he actually comes up as like top five in my model. Really good from 150 to 175. Of course, he hits a ton of fairways, well above average uh, in par four efficiency from 400 to 450 and strokes gained par four. Uh, so those two are going to be my cash game cornerstones, both in the 9K range. I like Shane Lowry here in the 9K range. He has a lot to play for. So there's a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, this guy is a major winner. I think he can sort of bump up to the next level when he has to, especially in a field that's not strong. Um, and, and the game is there. He's had a top 10 finish at the Wyndham Championship before. He's had an up and down history here. But he's had a top 10 finish um, at this event. Of course, you know, his iron game, T to green, uh, top five, both in this field. Again, good on those par fours that I was talking about. He's my favorite GPP play uh, in this range. How are you going about the 9K range? Good. Finally, we have uh, some opposite takes here. Um, I agree with you for cash games. JT Poston is probably the safest play on the board here, for sure. Um, Everything lines up for him. Uh, He's got the course history. Ball striking is coming around and obviously is one of the best putters, has one of the best short games out here, which I think is is overly important here. Uh, we saw it a little bit at, 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 uh, at the travelers as well, where you're going to miss screens. Um, these Donald Ross greens are very slick and very tricky um, and not just to putt, but to chip also. So I do think that's really important. Um, I'm going a different direction here in uh, GPP. So my first bet of the week was Adam Scott um, at 33 to one. I, I do think he is overpriced on DraftKings a little bit. So that could keep the ownership down for sure. Ball striking was really good at the open. He finished about 30th, so nothing to write home about, but just seems like he's been close all year. Um, he's putted great this year. The ball striking has been pretty solid as well. Um, he had a fifth at uh, Wells Fargo, eighth at Byron Nelson, ninth at the Memorial. So, like, he's been close, and obviously he should have won here two years ago when he missed that three-footer. 
uh, which led to the big playoff. So Adam Scott, uh, probably my favorite GPP play up here. And then I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to play Justin Thomas, uh, 9,100. I don't think he's going to be quite as popular as he was last week. Um, he doesn't have great course history here. Obviously, the stats are bad. Um, I just feel like it's a better course for him where he can club down, play a little more accurate, hit a lot of wedges. Um, it's a part of the country where he should feel more comfortable. So, you know, you get a 9,100 JT at, at 9, 10% owned. I think I'm ready to buy some this week. I was going to ask you about you. I don't know. I don't know, man. The guy's just. I haven't played him in months, but I. I Me neither. And especially the the way that he missed the cut last week, where he was well inside the cut line and a couple of doubles uh, under pressure on the back nine. I mean, that's. But he's going to be, you know, half at most the ownership of Poston and Siwoo. So, yeah. You can get some. So, so from a game theory perspective, Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense because talent wise, like historical talent wise, yeah. JT is leaps and bounds above both those guys, right? And sure. then you're going to go ahead and get them, uh, get him maybe at half the ownership of them. Makes a lot of sense. Well, now, and, I'm, I'm going to play some chalk too, so I yeah. I have to get a little bit different there as well. Yeah. So so it it makes a lot of sense. Now, do I do stuff that makes a lot of sense often? Probably not. Maybe that's why I I don't see myself playing him. Yeah. Uh, this time, but like I said, from a game theory perspective, the way Ryan uh, was speaking about it, it makes sense. It makes sense, especially with the people around him who are going to be chalky. Yeah, well, and and I'm going to play Russell Henley, right? And I'm not going to play Siwoo or Poston with Russell Henley. So, you know, I think JT or Adam Scott's a good number two on the team. All right, so let's go down to this 8K range. I have my other two guys in the cash game cornerstones in this 8K range. First off, it's going to be Danny McCarthy. Uh, at $8,700, of course, he's the, the best putter in the world. Exceptionally good on Bermuda. Um, first in drafting points in this field. But uh, the reason I like him is how good he is on par fours. Like, he's first in my model in strokes game par fours and par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards. There's about eight holes par fours from 400 to 400 to 450. Maybe maybe six, six to eight, something around there. Depends where they put the tee boxes. I'm a fan. He's had success here in the past. He's made a bunch of cuts. Uh, you have to expect the wins coming for him at some point in time. Uh, he's been super close this year. I did bet him uh, 35 to 1 this week. I did bet JT Poston at 35 to 1. Those are probably the only two bets I'm going to have under 100 to 1 uh, this week. I'm going a lot of bombs. I think the uh, I think the average winning um, odds of the winner here in the last 10 years is like plus 50 like uh like like 150 to one is the average or something like that uh so you, you can get your bombs uh here uh but i like danny he's gonna be my third cash game cornerstone my final cash game cornerstone is gonna be alex smalley uh top 10 of both approach and tee to green in this field a uh, couple of top 30s uh these played this event twice he finished 29th the first time 13th the last time his last missed cut was across the pond prior to that two top tens in his prior three events. Um, you know, I really like, I do like him uh, a lot this week. He's going to be my final cash game cornerstone. So in the 8K range, cornerstones are done. Um, so my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be JT Poston at $9,200. Siwoo Kim at 9000 Denny at 8700 Smalley at 8100 Still leaves you $15,000 to 
to finish out the rest of your other two lineups. So plenty of money. You can go back up to the 8K range, uh, even if, if you'd like. And then, you know, have another 6K, or you could even an out uh, with a couple of mid-7K guys. Uh, however way you choose to do it, you still got plenty of room to make your decision. Uh, now, other guys, now for GPPs, uh, I sort of like the two guys in the – I like Aaron Rye. I, I'm worried about his popularity uh, because that guy's boomer bust. Uh, Aaron Rye can miss a cut <laughs> with, with ease. Uh, if he's going to be one of the top five, top ten highest-owned golfers in this field, could be worth a fade. Uh, just depends how much you really like him. I, I'm on the edge that even if he's in the top ten, I still might play him because everything looks so good. He is actually ranked first in my model. Maybe my model's fucked up. I don't know. But he is my number one ranked golfer in my model uh, this week. You know, his, his iron game has been exceptional. Tee to green, very good. Par four is excellent. One of the best from 150 to 175. All, okay, I, I'm not fading him. I lied. I am not fading Aaron Rye. I am going to play Aaron Rye, yeah. even if he's going to be one of the top 10 uh, highest on. He is the chalk that I am going to eat. I just talked myself into it in the middle of the pot. So I like I like him. I like this 8K range. I, I, Cam Davis is interesting. Chris Kirk is interesting. Adam Hadwin is interesting. Um, I mean, we'll see where I go with it, but you got my two cash game cornerstones. You got Rye. Who do you like in this range? So we're pretty aligned here. Um, but there's a lot to like here. So I bet Denny, I bet Rye, and I bet Alex Smalley this week. Um, Smalley is, is is probably the, the easiest argument to make. Obviously, we know uh, he lives in Greensboro. I believe this is his, his home course. Um, obviously, very comfortable here, as he's shown with those 29th and 13th place finishes. Um, he's been one of the best iron players all year. Um, I am very willing and happy to overlook one bad Scottish Open um, after the heartbreak at the John Deere, which he probably should have won that, right? If, if, if Straka doesn't go out and shoot nine under on Sunday, uh, he probably has that one. So yeah, Smalley uh, makes a ton of sense. I agree on Denny. I just think if he's going to win one, it's going to be this type of event, yeah. right? Uh, it's going to be a putting contest. A shorter course. The obvious concern with Denny is he's not um, as strong of an iron player as all the rest of these guys. So you just got to hope the putter. But he's not horrible. He's not horrible. Like he's no. top twenty percent mm-hmm. around in this field. Yeah, that's not bad. Not bad. No. And then I mean Aaron Rye, you mentioned. So um, I've been beating the drum on on him as a Ryder Cup pick. I still think he needs to win or do something, and then he's probably going to go over to Europe and play a little bit um, yeah. after the playoffs. I think he does need to do that. Um, is he in gonna, the playoffs? Is he is he is he comfortably in? He's comfortably into the first event. He's like yeah, in the yeah. sixty range, I think. Yeah, so, he's sixty first. Yeah, so he'll probably yeah. only play one unless something good happens. But. I mean, his game seems like it would fit perfectly for the Ryder Cup over in Italy with the with tight fairways. It does. He's one of the most accurate guys. All Data golf game. likes him as well. Um, I yeah. expect him to go over and play the BMW over there um, and potentially the Omega European Masters. So we'll see. Now. My only concern with these guys, like, I think they're all good plays. Jaeger's a good play, right? Cam Davis is a good play. So I think the ownership's going to be spread with the exception of, I think, Denny's going to be super popular. And so, again, like, when you look at how you want to build these teams, like, Henley, Siwoo, and Denny are probably three of the most popular plays. So you can't put them with 
you know, smally, and then you can't, you can't put them with, like, you can't play them all. So yeah. you got to make some choices there, but um, I, do I think if you, could, if you play those three and play single digit and own the rest of the guys, I think you'll be fine. Well, yeah. Like, I don't think people are going to dip down too far. Like you could play four of them, but then you're down on the sixes. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm going to play two of them, play Justin Thomas, maybe grab one or two more low owned guys. And then you can probably get uh, like a Rye or Cam Davis in there as well. Yeah. I think you can make an argument to play every single one of these AK guys. Uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan uh, of this, of this yeah. area, but of course, you know, the two guys I'm going with, uh, Rye is going to be my favorite GPP player, but you can, I mean, you can make arguments for each and every single one of these guys in the 8K range. For sure. Uh, all right, let's go to the 7K range. Why don't you go ahead and get us started here, my friend? Are you going back to the well with Mr. Woodland? <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. Right. Uh, right. so because he I'll was start... one of my favorite plays last week, and he shot like four over for the event. I had like 40%. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird spot. He just doesn't have it right now. I mean, the ball no, striking is still great. He's probably uh, number one in all your ball striking models. Uh, so I think there's a lot of interesting stuff here. Um, I'm going to start with the one guy that I bet in this range. Um, we talked about last week and who burned everybody. It was Lucas Glover. Um, Lucas Glover missed the cut by one. Well, something on the number, right? He shot three under for the two rounds. He gained off the tee. He gained approach. Like, I am not worried at all about that miscut last week. He's coming off a fifth at the Barbasol, sixth at the Deer, fourth at the Rocket Mortgage, and 20th in Canada. So he's dialed. Um, and if you look at how he's played here, like the results don't look that good. He's got a handful of top 25s, one top 10. But his ball striking here has been off the charts. He pretty much gains approach and off the tee every single year that he's played here. And he's played here about 15 times, right? Like, it's a course that he loves, obviously from South Carolina. Uh, I just think there's no reason to go away from him. And now he's $800 cheaper than he was last week. So I'm going to have a lot of Lucas Glover. Um, I think the big decisions for everybody are going to be uh, that range of, of Spawn, Norman, Akshay, Eric Cole, and, and English. I think those five guys all make a lot, a lot of sense, um, all going to be fairly popular. So I'm going to take who I think is going to be the lowest owned one, who I mentioned earlier in Vincent Norman. Um, I think people are going to be afraid of the course fit because obviously he doesn't putt as well. Uh, he's not as good of an iron player as some of these other guys, but I just think he's the best talent in this range. Um, he just think, finds a way, right? I mean, you, you yeah. look at and his like, numbers. I think, Akshay, I think Akshay eventually will be better than him, but like right now, I think Norman's the best player in that range. Um, and if he's going to be the lowest zone, I am happy to go there this week. Yeah, I mean, he's a horrible putter. Doesn't really hit too many fairways. Really nope. not great at like not the par four. He's not at all what you're looking for this week. Yeah, no. and then, then you look at that. Then you see his DraftKings points, and he's sixth in this field. You're like, yep. How is that possible? With he just the hits it so far, and yeah, yeah. he takes a lot of really good shots. So I don't know if I can get on Norman because, of course, if it doesn't fit for me. Uh, but I, I, it's somebody, it's somebody that I could, you know, I might have to piggyback off. You will see. Um, but I mean, I, I think Oxjay has a lot to play for, right? I mean, yeah. he's sort of, you know, bitter rumors about him being super bitter about not getting those points, not you know, after his win, talking to live officials to move over to live some rumors that I've heard. Don't know if they're true. Just rumors. But he's probably uh, got a win. Like he's, he's pretty far back. He has to win. Yeah. yeah, I think he has to win. 
I think he has to win a top two or something like that. Yeah, he's, he's uh, pretty yeah. far back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but that's I I don't think I don't think his motivation is the playoffs. I think it's just he's pissed off. Yeah, he's like I won an event. Why the fuck am I not in the FedEx Cup playoffs? Correct. Uh, so I mean, rules are rules, I guess. Uh, but it didn't really work out too well for him. I mean, I'm willing to give Billy Horschel another run. Um, if he found something in his game, this is the course that he loves. Um, I can get back on him. Thomas Dietrich is interesting. I think no one's yeah. going to play him. Um, he's one of the guys that you can get extremely low owned. Mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion, especially with all the names around him that you said that are going to be popular. Uh, I, you know, Detri's just so hit or miss. Uh, yeah. You don't really know what you're going to get. It's going to be a boom bust. But when it comes down to it, like when it comes to par fours, he's like one of the best out there. And there's sure. 12 of them this week, um, you know, on this course. So he's someone that I am looking at. I do like your Glover call. Um, I, I wouldn't mind ending my cash lineup with a Glover Hubbard combo uh, right there at that $7,500 mark. I, I don't hate that. Um, now going down a little bit, uh, Brendan Todd had a pretty good finish a couple weeks ago. This seems like, you know, accuracy base course off the tee. Uh, this seems like somewhere where he can succeed. Uh, Justin saw just, you know, the numbers aren't really there. The stats aren't really there, but he makes a ton of cuts and you know, the talent is there. Like when he came out, he came out with Hovland and Morikawa and yep. those guys, and he was supposed to be in that group. We haven't really seen it yet but he's becoming more consistent uh, here on on tour. He's made a whole bunch of cuts. He had a really long stretch where he made like, you know, seven of eight, eight of 10 or something like that, yeah. um, you know, earlier this year. Um, so I do like him again, another guy who's good from 400 to 450 yards. Um, other guys that I'm going to play, I, I can't get off Doug Kim. I mean, $7,400, the ball striking is still there. Um, at some point in time, I think he's going to go and, you know, have a really good showing on top of a leaderboard uh, on the final day. Everything just seems like it's there for him for the taking. He hits a ton of fairways, really good from 400 to 450, really good from 150 to 175 with his, you know, short irons. Um, I like Seaweed Doug. Uh, Kevin Yu uh, down here at uh, 7,000. Had a good showing last week, sort of, you know, he had that really good run and then had like a quad or something or back-to-back doubles uh, to really bring him down. Um, But, you know, skill level, you know, it seems like it's there, really makes a ton of birdies. You're going to need some birdies uh, on this course. Like I said, average winning score minus 17. That means you're going to have 22 to 24 birdies here to win this event. Um, He's a guy that can pull that off, I think, uh, on a course that's this easy. Uh, Chesson Adler, again, another guy who loves this course, plays this event every year, makes the cut almost every year. He's actually, I think he's made two of his last three cuts on tour. I do like Chesson. Who in his bottom range do you like? Yeah, I think there's some good options here. Um, I think you mentioned some guys who are going to be popular. (coughs) I I expect Hadley to get ownership again. People were playing the last two weeks. It's been popular showdown play. 100% think Doug Yim is going to get a lot of ownership this week. Um, a couple guys that I do really like, Kevin Streelman, not, not a very fun guy to play at all. Uh, but obviously finished second last week, gained, um, off the tee and approach all four rounds. Uh, you don't see that done very often. And Streelman's been okay this year. Like the iron play, uh, has, has really been pretty elite. Uh, I guess pretty much since the masters ish, 
um, has two top seven finishes here at the Wyndham. Just feels like a good, safe play if you're looking for a guy who can just make a cut. Uh, ben Griffin, again, it's been really solid this season with the Irons. We saw he finished fourth here last year. Um, another local kid. Um, I think he makes a lot of sense here. One uh, very deep dart throw here. Um, I do think he's a little bit overpriced in this range. Uh, Nick Lindheim at, uh, I think he's either I've flat heard, set. I've heard yeah. people talk about him. I, so I, I don't remember him, him very often. We played him years ago. You know, he had a, The name uh, sounds familiar, but I can't. He had a PGA Tour card in like 2016, 2017, maybe through 2019. But so a couple things about Lindheim. So recent form, uh, he's gone uh, eighth, eighth, 27th, third win in his last five events. Uh, the win being the most recent one. He's won multiple times on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, he has a couple top 10 finishes uh, on the PGA Tour. So again, like not a guy who's going to win. But I did look at a couple of the comp courses there. Um, he had a fourth place finish at the Corn Ferry event that was at TBC Sawgrass. And so again, just kind of interesting there. Um, and at the Boise, uh, uh, the Boise Albertson Open, which is the uh, last event there in the Corn Ferry Tour Finals, short course, uh, small greens, just seems to be that type. Um, and he is a Bermuda guy, lives in Florida uh, still. So he's going to be like 1% owned if you're just looking for a random dart throw there. All right, well, let's get to the 6K range. You're, you're, you're sort of grasping at straws when you get down there. But the first guy yeah. I see is Dylan Wu at $6,900. The stats all work out. Tons of birdies, lots of DraftKings points. Yep. Good from 400 to 450. Iron game strong. T to green good. He makes a lot of sense. Really good finish last week. Inside the top 10, maybe? Top 15 uh, finish last week. He's one that I'm looking at um, up top. If you're going to go just a CT Pam, another guy that I do like. If you go with the Heritage Comp, of mm-hmm. course, a short course sort of guy that I can see doing well uh, at this event. Uh, so I do like CT Pan. Um, like a Brant Snedeker, like he, he showed a little something um, in the beginning uh, of the event last week at the 3M Champions, 3M Open. He's played this course well. Maybe he's over his injury and he could do his thing. Uh, you know, at that price, like 6,500, uh, 6,600, I'll take a risk, 10%. You know, no one's going to play yeah. him. Uh, you know, I'll just take a risk on him. Zach Blair was on a top 15 last week. Uh, you know, following up from his runner-up about a month ago, you know, a guy at $6,400 who has a second and a 13 in his last four events, you might as well throw you might as well throw <laughs> him in there for 10%. Um, and then Max McGreevy down yeah. here at 6400 finished fifth last year. Uh, he played decent last week, I think top 30. Uh, he's someone that I can look at, uh, you know, again, uh, down here whose numbers aren't going to pop the page, uh, yeah. but, you know, you're going to get him at 2% off. Uh, who do you like in the 6K range? Yeah, so there are, I'll try and go off the beaten path a little bit here. There are three guys that I circled here in this range. So one of them, uh, born in Raleigh, went to Clemson, has a third and a 21st here in Doc Redman. Um, he has found some stuff lately. Now, if you look at the results, they're not great. There's a lot of miscuts, but there's a 30th last week. There's a ninth at Barbasol, 30th at Byron Nelson. Um, Irons have been pretty solid for the most part. Uh, we know that he can spike. So, you know, you're talking about a guy at 6,800 who's about 250 to one. Uh, I do like Redmond this week. The second guy uh, at 6,700. So this is a long-term form play. 
Scott Stallings, guy made the tour championship last year, right? Best year of his career, and now he's just kind of fallen off. But if you look at the numbers, everything has been good except for the putting. He's he's putting like Luke List. Like that's that's what's happening here. Um, I do think he'll be comfortable here. He's played this course a ton, made most of his cuts, has a 14th and a 13th here. Um, loves this part of the country, right? He went to high school in Tennessee, played college golf there. Uh, he played mini tours uh, in Charlotte on the Tar Heel Tour for years. I just think he's too good to be at this price in this field. And then the last guy would be Ryan Gerard. Uh, we've been playing him a lot in these opposite field events. Um, he's another guy. He uh, lives in Florida now, but he went to North Carolina. So I'm sure he has played here and spent some time here. Just finished fifth at the Barracuda. We know he was fourth at the Honda. Like He's made a ton of cuts, six of his last seven cuts. Uh, I just muted myself, sorry. For 6,600 on a course where he's probably played before, um, I will take a chance there on Ryan Girard. All right, that sounds good. Uh, you know, the thing is, when you get when you start the podcast at 4.30 on a workday, I've gotten like 37 work emails <laughs> during this podcast. So I apologize yeah, if you guys have been hearing the dinging over and over again. We'll record this a little bit earlier uh, than usual. I should still be at work and uh, my boss might kill me because I'm not going to fucking pay attention to any of these goddamn emails till tomorrow morning. All right. So bets for this week. Uh, my betting card this week consists of Mr. JT Poston at 35 to 1, Danny McCarthy. At 35 to 1. Um, Dylan Wu, 125 to 1 with eight places each way. Uh, CT Pam, 175 to 1, eight places each way. Uh, Aaron Badley, his course history here sucks, but he played pretty damn well last week. We've seen him near the top of the leaderboard here a couple of times in the last few months. Uh, for So for 200 to 1 plus eight places, I'll take that. Uh, and Max McGreevy at 400 to one with eight places. Those are long for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of went with the chalk. So uh, I got Adam Scott, 33 to one. Uh, took Denny at 35. Aaron Rye at 45. Alex Smalley at 66. And then Lucas Glover at 90. All right. So one and done, I'm going Denny. Yeah, I doubt that I would have him left. I would have to check. So if I'm going off the board, uh, I definitely have have Alex Smalley left. So I'm going to go with Alex Smalley here. There you go. There you go. All right. Anything else? That was a nice quickie. That's the way I like it. Nice and quick. Yeah, Pound it out. Bounce. Pound it out. Bounce. One other. That's that's my game right there. Yeah. One other bet that I have for this week. Uh, Henrik Stenson at the Live Greenbrier. If you have access to that, he opened at 40 to one. I saw um, that. It's a 30 right now. I still bet him at 30. Still, he was the best live guy at the open. And mm-hmm. uh, he's got a bunch of top five finishes recently. And we have seen him win on that. Tour yeah. Already, at the open so. championship, Stenson was in my cash lineup until I decided to change him for you and Ferguson for some fucking he beat, reason. He beat all those guys there. Why can't he beat him here? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's at the green briar. All right. So yeah, nice and quick. That's the way I like it. Uh, Tambo, uh, not Tambo, my bad. Ryan, tell them where they can find you. Yes, sir. Uh, Rbarrow 427 on Twitter. And uh, I put the card out this afternoon and uh, best of luck this week to everyone. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. 
uh, should be up later this evening. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership. Football season's coming up. The football crew over at Gup's Corner, amazing. The tools over there, amazing. Go and check it out. All right, so final event of the year. Whatever. We're going to degen it no matter what. Like I said, pound it out quick and bounce. Let's win some motherfucking money, degen nation. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.